I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Greetings, Earthlings, and boys and girls, ladies and gents, babies, dogs, cats, and weasels. Uh, So for podcast numero five, we managed to squeeze into that tiny little possible last space in media land that Sarah Cox hasn't been booked for yet, uh, podcasts about festivals. You've got to get pretty specialised these days if you want to get hold of Sarah. Uh, If you watch any TV, listen to any radio, check any website, she's there. She's the ubiquitous queen of all at the mo, and rightly so. Um, she's got her own best-selling book to boot out at the moment till the cows come home. And, um, yeah, I've known her since the glory days of the 90s, Ladette culture and all of that. But um, she was at Radio 1, I was there. Uh, and her and her family, her growing family, um, kids and husband, have been staunch supporters of our shows, uh, popping up in Hidden Disco at Best of All, looking all sparkly um, in the wee hours, or cooking sausages, always seems to be cooking something, uh, on a camping stove at camp. Best of all. So I met her in the BBC Club, um, which was very noisy. So this is one of those podcasts where you might hear quite a lot of uh, rattling and noise in the background. Hopefully it won't put you off the interview. Uh, it was Curry Club at the BBC Club. Um, so yeah, if you uh, apologies if you're uh, slightly disturbed from listening to Sarah's dulcet tones. But yes, for the Rob DeBank A to Z of festivals, number five, this is Sarah Cox. Hello people and welcome back to the A to Z of festivals with me, Rob DeBank. We're in quite a noisy location today. Sometimes it's uber quiet, everything's kind of soundproofed. Annie Mac's shed was pretty soundproof. Today we're in a loud, boisterous um, location which could reflect the personality of the guests. I sound like Keith Lemon on Through the Keyhole now, but, um, but we are with the one and only Sarah Cox. How are you doing? Hey Rob, yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm laughing because it's like, it's the BBC club, so it's all the sort of lovely... 
you know, all the engineers and all the studio managers and producers. I've just seen my boss over there and it's not particularly wild in here, but they do. I think today is actually Curry Wednesday. I was about to say, there is a certain whiff There's of... There's a definite um, whiff. Yeah, I think they've yeah. got a bit of curry goat going on over there. It's <laughs> nice. So this is where, yeah, the great and gather. Um, so the great and good gather for, you know, a lunchtime pint. It's and we've got some awesome. sort of fake, um, fake, pl- fake leather kind of bonquettes. Wow. Well, this, this fake leather, the, the dearly de- departed, very lovely man Keith Flint used to refer to this sort of fabric as pleather uh, <laughs> because it is that lovely plastic leather. Um, a lot of them, a lot of these boots are kind of split as well. You wonder if you don't want to know what's been going on in here. Yeah, I, I do remember a Radio One, Radio One uh, staff party here back in the day, so it's uh, it's been well used. That's probably what split some of the the bonquettes. <laughs> <laughs> it have been Trevor Nelson Chris on there Miles. and Groove Rider. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So um, yeah, we're here to talk about festivals. Obviously, obviously your meteoric uh, rise to recent uh, fame as an author. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, You've got a book out. You were just telling me about that. Mm. Obviously, you're 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 bashing away on Radio Two every afternoon. Is that is that right? Is that a fair sort of term to say bashing away? Not sure. It's, <laughs> it's Radio Two, so it's more perhaps of a potter. Pot, pot, pottering away. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it is. I mean, it's it's basically the dream job has gonna, happened. Yeah. No, you've landed on your on your feet yet again. Sarah Cox. So um, let's get into it. So just to warm up, we're going to have a few little uh, true or falses just to kind of get you limbered up. So get your leotard on for these. Um, So true or false, Sarah? Your day started by accidentally shouting at a vicar and (laughs) getting a parking ticket. True. Tell us about that. So, right, I'm on the way to school with the kids and I'm in a very small car, very eco-friendly, tiny, tiny car about the size of a, a tin of sardines and I've got my three precious offspring in there and my two almost equally precious dogs and there is a van, a white van speeding right up my floof and, uh, and the worst thing is on this car as well, the rear view mirror is really magnified because you're in a little car, you're already quite scared of big cars and then the magnified mirror makes it look, everything looks faintly terrifying. So I'm going along a 20 and he's fuming because I'm sticking to 20, loads of kids, scooters knocking around, you know. And then uh, as I pull up to a junction, I take the opportunity to wind down my window and lean out and uh, go, Oi! Mate, do you want to try relaxing a little bit, you loser? And as I say it, uh, just behind my car, a nice vicar had crossed behind just at the moment that I'd shouted at this other guy who was behind me. Um, and the vicar sort of looked at me as if... And he was like a trendy vicar in trainers, you know, young, like, with the dog collar on, but, like, with a pair of, like, Adidas on. And, um, and he looked at me all confused, and then I grasped him up, the guy behind me. I was like, sorry, not you. I sorry, the Reverend. He <laughs> <laughs> was driving dangerously close to me. And then I went really bright pink by the time I'd sort of wound my neck back in and got back, you know, in the car. Well, the thank you, thank you, Sarah. Now. That's the end of the podcast, because you've just uh, <laughs> taken out with that uh, anecdote. <laughs> it was true or false, but I, I suppose I did ask for an explanation. But um, You did, yeah. It was a good way to kick off your day, though, and give you something to talk about on the radio later. Well, you know what it's like. If you do a daily radio show, everything is content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even as Bring a disaster is unfolding, you know, you've dropped something in your lap or a child has been mildly injured, <laughs> you're like, yes, that is content. OK, uh, true or false, you once um, drove to the wrong castle to go to a festival um, and put in the wrong one into your sat-nav and went to a completely different site. 
false. Okay. <laughs> okay, true. I ended up going to Ludworth Castle. Ludlow Castle. Ludlow. See, I'm still not sure. Ludlow Castle instead of the glorious Lulworth Castle. Um, they both, in my defence, on a sat-nav, when it just flashes up a picture of the UK, they both are west. It's just one is sort of west and then north quite a lot, and one is west and then south quite a lot. So for complete complete transparency, obviously we're talking about Lulworth Castle, where Camp Festival is, and you were on your way to our, our show, and um, you, I think you texted me or phoned me and said, I'm here, but it's Ludlow. It was So awful. How, how many miles north was that of we were the kids were just starting to get fractious with each other and i was thought we were a few miles away but i didn't see any of those nice the usual aa signs or you know kids with rucksacks yeah and i started to get that awful feeling in my belly that i'd seriously messed up um and that was at about 6 p.m when we pulled up there and then i altered it in the sat nav to the correct uh castle and it was like a midnight arrival so is it somewhere near wales it is uh, sort of Shropshire, 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 up a bit. Oh oh, Shropshire sort of towards the Welsh border. Okay, well, more, maybe more of that later because that does feature in your book. Yes, there is yes. a book out. Um, right, uh, true or false? Radio Two is more rock and roll than Radio One. <laughs> a false feeling. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's got quite a rock and roll history. I mean, I was talking yesterday about Bob Harris when he flew for the old Grey Whistle Test to interview John Lennon. And John Lennon <laughs> tried to do the accent yesterday. Hey, Bob. <laughs> right there, Bob. Um, <laughs> that's John Lennon. Uh, he didn't want any fee. He wanted this certain sort of cracker that's covered in chocolate that are no longer available but were really popular back then. It's like 1975. Um, and, uh, and Bob paid him in uh, chocolate crackers and went over the flute to New York and did the interview with the Beatles. That is, that is pretty rock and, rock and, rock and roll. roll. That is rock and so roll. So the background, you know, the Johnny Walkers, the Bob Harris's, the Elaine Pages. <laughs> She's still a bit of a goer. <laughs> Okay, um, you once mistook the stone circle at Glastonbury for an episode of the Great Pottery Throwdown and tried to form the stones into some nice glazed pottery. <laughs> oh, that one's actually false. Okay, and finally, last but not least, you're an honorary doctor of the University of Bolton. Yes. Um, Any particular I'm, subject? Or? Not really, but I do know now if, if anybody's taken ill on a plane and they ask for a doctor I can just yeah, go yeah why and, not mm. I got a, a floppy velvet hat <laughs> alongside Anna Friel at the uh, yeah, B- University of Bolton okay lovely well that's you uh, that's you nicely uh, warmed up I hope so um, yeah I mean obviously we're talking about festivals uh, I always start off by saying what is it for you, for you yourself that is the kind of attraction of festivals the magic the you know the escapism what 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 one thing is it that you love well, about I, them? I think that last word of escapism for me is what a festival is all about because it is escaping from your day-to-day life and from the rat race and from responsibility and um, you know in my mind festivals are clearly split into two now because there's family festivals where we take the kids and then there's festivals where we absolutely <laughs> would not be in charge of young people um, so you know when when we go to Glastonbury or to Bestival like myself and my husband we um, it's just a time to find each other again to have that kind of kick up your heels have no responsibilities you don't have to really be anywhere for a certain time unless you're trying to get to a certain stage um, and um, and it's a time to 
it's that thing where there's just no home time, and that's really lovely. Do you <laughs> know what great, I mean? Yeah. There's no like. That's a great uh, subtitle yeah. for a festival. No home time. Yeah, there's no home time. <laughs> there's no like, right, ladies and gentlemen, PMG glasses, please. There's no like, oh, we need to get an Uber. It's all like it can just continue as long as you can keep going, you know. Which is kind of good and bad because some people just don't bad. know the rules inside their own head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think through trial and error, you do learn up the years. Yeah, yeah. But, a rough know, that's time. Kind, that's kind of the fun of it as well. It's like the nonsense you speak, you know, when you've, when you've been up for way too long. But you have got that. Everyone's, especially on night two, I always find, you're bedded in a bit by then. Night one, you get a bit overexcited and yeah. go a bit wild and get a bit too drunk and in the spirit of things. And night two, you've kind of hit that, that sort of lovely level um, where... You know, you, you're, you're really relaxed, and I don't mean that in a hilarious way of saying hammered. I mean, you yeah, are yeah. genuinely relaxed. You've unwound yeah, yeah. from living in the city. You're now just in a field with some with people that you really love. You don't mind if there's a bit of yeah, dog poo on your yeah, on your knee, or there's. Um, yeah, I mean, ideally, I don't know why dog poo. Dog poo, maybe cow poo. I mean, cow more, pats yeah. and you know things more, like that. Yeah, there's definitely more dog poo in London than at any <laughs> festival. Um, yeah, exactly. You don't, and you know, you don't really mind the. What's the best thing is is just the laughing as well because I think it's just so good for the soul to laugh with with friends that you love. Yeah, I mean there's there are some people that still are quite quite snobby about festivals even though festivals seem to you know everyone knows someone who goes to a festival whether it's their kids or their grandparents or whatever but there are still some people that oh no no you wouldn't catch me sleeping in a tent or whatever are you one of those um, people or are you very much ah yeah let's get in there eight people in a two man tent and let's go for it I think I'm somewhere between the two really I am a bit spoiled about five people (laughs) in a two man tent yeah exactly I um we went camping a lot when I was little we got to Cornwall a lot we didn't um we didn't have a lot of money and w- what we did was we w- we had a tent and we would just go to like a really basic campsite and they're my happiest memories from when I was little and so um, to me there's n- I'm not, I love the sound of like the zip in the morning <laughs> and, and you've walked past That's, me that is a good me. zip can you do that again? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that sound where like you're just under the skies it's so nice and I love making a bacon butty, frying it up in a little pan. I love my little camping stuff. So especially at family festivals where things were a little bit more, a lot more restrained, you know, because I'm there with the kids. Um, and, I, you know, I love sort of the, the whole camping experience. When it comes to going to a, a, a festival with just me and my other half, we varied from little beige motorhomes. Um, uh, which we've had some fantastic nights in to one incredible blag one year at Glastonbury where we got a Winnebago that had been used for form, normally used for Formula One drivers nice. so they're worth like a quarter of a million or yeah, something yeah, yeah, ridiculous yeah. or more I mean ridiculous but we're talking like sort of walnut panelling and gold and like a big bed and a shower and, and that was insanely good the only thing is when you've got somewhere so good you end up not leaving it because that just becomes the party place well, I have got, I have been backstage at Glastonbury where I, you go in some of the agents, the people who look after the bands, obviously, you go into their motorhomes and they're actually watching Glastonbury on the TV less than 100 <laughs> yards from the main stage and they're actually watching their own bands. Oh, no, that is you're being list. paid. I can't name the agents, obviously, but um, it's like what, you're watching Glastonbury on the TV. I've got to confess, when, um, when Beyonce played Glastonbury, the crowd was so huge. 
that we went out and we, we could see her and she you know even the screens were kind of a speck <laughs> yeah. so she was like a, you know a mini a, a demi speck and we did head back to the hospitality bar and watch it on the screens there because we're like yeah we can have a sit did down did you not get a large bouncer and a yellow um tabard <laughs> to sort of walk through the crowd with you on his shoulders <laughs> no you no? thought he did that um <laughs> i um yeah i definitely i always keep my head down at a festival a little bit always have a hood up a hood's always good at a festival yeah. and annie mack was saying she wears a bright uh, pink or orange wig have you got a particular accessory of choice <laughs> that you uh um I've got... A, no, I've not, actually. I did see once... Um, a clown mask or a... <laughs> no, that'd be good. People would love that. A pantomime that. horse with Ben. <laughs> I, just find, <laughs> I just find after a couple of days of, like, not sleeping properly... I don't recognise you like anyway. My, my aged you, mother. You look like yeah. a, an old Sarah Cox. <laughs> you look like an old hag version of our, one of our favourite, top 50 favourite DJs. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Rob DeBank's A to Z of Festivals. Subscribe now and please remember to rate. And I mean, on a, on a more serious note, maybe do you think um, in 2019 with everything going on the, and the world being pretty mad that, you know, basically people need, kind of need festivals maybe and they, they need that escapism? Yeah, I think more than ever before, festivals have got a place in this world where we've got rolling news and the rolling news is pretty horrible and there just feels like there's a real what's that word not malice it's like Maelstrom. a french word like a, ma- a malaise yeah is that it yeah sounds a bit uh-huh. like a condiment <laughs> but it awesome feels malaise. like there's just a sort of bad feeling bubbling under a lot in a lot of us you yeah. know with social issues and with politics so I do you know I feel it's nice to escape all that yeah. and not look at your news alerts get on your, your bikini phone. and wellies and get out of there okay so I'm um, taking it back to the to the start what was can you remember the first festival you ever went to or any of the first ones you went to where you were kind of Reading Girl Glastonbury I didn't or... really go to a lot of festivals when I was younger they were actually not my bag for years I missed out in my 20s really and I think the first time I probably would have gone would have been um, through work and I think it was Glastonbury well that, that was um, my next question so it's going to be the first festival you played at or you or you worked at so probably Glastonbury probably Glastonbury yeah I worked at Glastonbury we did actually we did Leeds and Reading and we covered the one 
um, is it V Fest? I think. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, my first festival was. It's just terrifying. You know, these memories are just bubbling to the surface now. Um, my first festival would have been V Festival, I think, because I was working there for MTV with Donna Eyre and Edith Bowman. Oh, the glory days. Glory that days. That trio. Very 90s, that, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? That, yeah, that's yeah. a kind of 90s trio for you there. Can you remember <laughs> who was might playing? Have even been there. Whoa. Who, who oh, do you remember? Because I just. I've got a photograph, I've got a little Polaroid of me and whoever the professionals, me and Donna Air, we were always quite the naughty girls. Edith, very professional. Uh, same with Kat Dealey, and me and Donna were like the bad twins. Um, and we were just, we look fabulous because we're in our 20s. So we just lay on the ground, I've got some leopard print affair on, chuffing on a fag, probably with a crop top on. And we're clearly terribly hungover. I think I remember just sitting on like a picnic bench, just feeling terrible and having to wander around and interview people. But I can't actually remember who played, which is terrible. Okay. And so Glastonbury, obviously a big one for you guys. Um, At Glastonbury, is it sort of on a deck chair in front of the main stage or are you in the green fields with a crazy Um, pixie hat on? We're we're near the dance area a lot because of our association with Annie Mack and Todd Latisse, so we will be around the dance. You're with the youngsters? With the youngsters hanging out with the young kids. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know if we'll be loud in next time. Um, So, yeah, we're often at the dance. I mean, sometimes, to be honest, Rob, I mean, this is despicable, but there's been times where I've gone to Glastonbury and the only artists I've seen has been Annie Mack and Todd Latisse. And then Annie again, and then Toblity again. <laughs> and then the rest, we've been in a motor on, but we've, we've had a brilliant time. We've had a real laugh. Yeah, that, that is allowed. That's allowed. Anything is allowed at Glastonbury. Anything's allowed at festivals. Um, so you've obviously got your own kind of uh, festival DJ set up. Mm. Um, what, what's more terrifying, being on the mic at, at Radio 2 of an afternoon or... or or DJing on a stage um, surrounded by giant Rubik's cubes. Um, well, I do love. Uh, we festival. do. We do just can't get enough eighties. So I'll do like ninety minutes of eighties music and um, get lovely dancers on. And it's um, you're kind of fake rolling your eyes, but actually it's an awful lot of fun. And I've seen really it. It's really fun. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I no, I didn't mean to roll my oh, okay. eyes. I might just have a bit just of indigestion. Bored. Just yeah, bored of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, yeah. let's call it a day there then, Sarah. Thanks for thanks for coming by. No problem. <laughs> um, no, I mean you I look mean, like you I, look I, like you're I, loving I, it as well. Yeah, I absolutely love it when I, when I play those because also there's a lot of people in the crowd. It's great '80s music because you've got your 18 year olds who absolutely love it. Um, it's having a real sort of renaissance at the moment, and then you've got people in their 40s and their 50s and 60s who were, you know, it was their time. They were kissing boys on sticky floored you know nightclubs um you know during the 80s and so i absolutely love doing it and it's not that nerve-wracking because it is just you know the usual sort of you're having a good time but i'm never very good at that shouty thing down the mic because you're better than you think and i think annie max sort of thinks sort of thinks she isn't very good at it but you are yeah you you, you do nail it and people people just want to hear your voice don't they because that's the, you can't yeah. you can't stand there and not say anything cause... i know but i'm from a background in my former life as a wife of a dj you know like obviously you know when 
like DJs don't talk no. normally if you're in a club situation. DJ. But I'm not really a DJ. It's more of like a stage show. Yeah. You know, the music's obviously huge, the main part of it, but there's also stuff to look at, and then I talk a bit. So I do do quite a fun bit where I say who was born in the 80s, who went out in the 80s and all that, and then we'll get round to who was born in the 90s, you know, who was born in the noughties. Try and send them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously it's somewhere like Camp Festival where I've played. It was such a lovely crowd. There's loads of kids on shoulders and you can ask, you know, you know, scream if your mummy and daddy are dancing embarrassingly. <laughs> yeah. that. It's nice. And what's, what are the biggest tunes? What are the biggest 80s um, um, acts or tunes? Take, Human League is always great with... Um, uh, don't you want me, baby? It's just a great call and response tune. I always love that. And forevermore, and, and Annie Max, a fan of this tune as well, is Whitney's "I Want to Dance with Somebody." It's just one of the biggest Big songs tune. ever. Big tune. Big tune. Okay. Um, are you often broadcasting these days from festivals? Well, funnily enough, actually, we, I used to do a lot of radio one. So I was pregnant once, and I was worried about going near the speakers. That you know, the newly pregnant can be. A bit dramatic, um, but um, it was a, what's that rave one called? The real Creamfields? No, I, oh god, I went to Cre. Oh god, I've forgotten that. I went to Creamfields quite a lot with my ex. Yeah, it's all coming out now. It's great, yeah, it's all coming back to me. Global um, Gathering. Global Gathering, I worked at when I was pregnant. So at Radio One, we worked at quite a few festivals. I think we did Creamfields as well, actually. Did you see Daft Punk at Global Gathering? Um, oh, I am so disappointed and angry with myself that I never didn't go and see oh, Daft no. Punk at Global Gathering. Epic. I do remember Chemicals playing um, Glastonbury and them having those big clown faces. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big words. Yeah. And that was like, intense. Yeah. <laughs> Get me back to the limo. <laughs> back to my beige model. But Radio 2, funnily enough, um, uh, we go into Latitude on the Friday night. I think Zoe's going to do breakfast from Latitude and then I think I'm doing Friday night. I think that's what's happening. So what's your, what's your top tip for that? kind of work um, work rave balance how will you kind of uh, prepare for that mentally well I mean the 90s me would have been like what balance <laughs> the, the 90s me the old me would have been like I'm going to a festival how annoying that I've got to concentrate and work for a bit and obviously I'm 44 you know when you get you know when you essentially grow up a bit and start to appreciate your job um, you you sort of you know you approach it as in your, your work and you just happen to be at a festival so that, the first time I met Annie Mack I'd lost my voice I stayed up all night at Glastonbury we were supposed to be broadcasting together in the morning I completely lost my voice it was the first time I'd met her we were doing a show together wandering around Glastonbury I literally could barely squeak but two good things came out of that was that I knew then that Annie Mack was sorted and she'd become a really good friend to which she has because she didn't judge and she just helped me out and she yeah. was on my side she was really sorted and also I, I met my husband that weekend so there you go you know good things yeah good so the moral of the tale is get a hammer yeah. and be unprofessional yeah yeah professional to the core okay cool well curry um, curry day's getting a bit raucous in here so we'll, we'll wrap up in a minute but um, now that you've got kids you know mm. your sort of priorities change in terms of festival the festival landscape I suppose um, that's sort of what we were just talking about is yeah. more, more yoga and quinoa for breakfast and less um, well I would like I'd like to take my kids to more festivals actually maybe next year this summer's pretty busy already but um, we're definitely doing camp festival this year because they, they do I know you're vaguely involved with that so something's to do with me apparently <laughs> but 
it's their first experience of live music and I think the first year that my son went um, because when they were t when the, the third when the littlest one was too little she, she could walk and stuff but she was two or three and we just thought it's a bit too full on so we just took the two bigger and we and you they had labyrinth headlining and to see him my son essentially rave at like six years old it was really yes. magical it was <laughs> yeah, brilliant yeah. really safe massive crowd really safe loads of luminous bands all over him <laughs> and just like having it and we were like this is so fun so we'll always try and go to camp festival if we can because we do absolutely love it but also the kids other are family festivals are, are, available. are available they're not as good no, they actually this isn't a BBC podcast but, uh, it's solid it's camp fine. festival's yeah. the best camp festival's amazing <laughs> and what's lovely is on the campsite they make friends and the same people are there every yeah, so they're all a bit taller or a bit Same people to put the tent up and help me. There's nice young people who run around who are amazing. Yeah, I grew up camping, but if you wouldn't mind just uh, sticking that <laughs> no, up for me, then... Uh... you know. Ben, husband, is normally sat to one side and in a, in a, in a twist on the usual gender stereotypes, I'm usually the one putting up the tent you, you with are. help from your from lovely staff. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, before we leave it, I, let's talk about your book because, um, yeah, you, I don't know how on earth you find the time. You've got TV shows coming out of your ears. You've got um, mm. radio shows, DJing, club nights. And a book. How on earth did you... Top podcasts as well. How do we squeeze yeah, it all in with Rob Dubai? Um, the book happened, uh, I wrote it, it took me about 15 months to write, perhaps a bit longer, including like a bit of editing and a bit of faffing with and then making my dad go up into the attic to find a biscuit tin full of old photographs bless him you know I mean, it's not really a priority for people so um and work was a bit quieter so i managed to write it a lot on a train going up to leeds because i was working in bradford a lot filming for, for back in time for tea so i wrote it a lot on trains and on my couch and you know it was it was, it was lovely yeah i'd love to do uh, I'd love to do another one, really. I want to do a novel okay. next. Wow. About a, a festival owner with long flowing hair <laughs> <laughs> and a ponchant. A lovely checked shirt. Stop it. <laughs> okay, and what's the book called? It's called Till the Cows Come Home, in reference to how much I talk, but mainly to my first 20 years and growing up on my dad's farm in Bolton. And, you know, it was kind of a split childhood on the farm, and also my mum and stepdad were um, licensees, so they were, you know, they ran pubs. So it was growing up in pubs. Also, we were on the Bolton Carnival a lot, dressing <laughs> up, Carnival. yeah, like on the back of <laughs> wagons driving so along. The, the original Glastonbury. Yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of. That's what. That's what that yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fantastic. Thank you so much to Thanks, Sarah Cheers. Cox. Thank you. Do you some curry? It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> this is Rob DeBank's A to Z of Festivals. Subscribe now and please remember to rate. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.